This week's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash DJForceX. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. This episode of the DJ Force X podcast is proudly sponsored by Fixed. Fixed is a fan and artist-friendly independent record label that specializes in hybrid electronic rock. It's home to the likes of Cell Dweller, Blue Starly, I Will Never Be The Same, Witchy Nicks, The Algorithm, Voicians, Celia Kira, and a whole bunch more. Check out their latest label sampler for just one dollar. At their official store, fixedstore.com. That's F I X T store.com. Save 10% off your first order by using my coupon code FORCEX. That's F O R C E X. They have loads of shirts, hoodies, stickers, posters, and many other accessories for all their artists. And this is available worldwide with fantastic international shipping rates to go with that. So head over to fixstore.com and check them out. And don't forget, use my coupon code FORCEX. Hello and welcome to the DJ FORCEX podcast, episode 49. Closing in on that half century right now. Anyway, this week's episode, I got Riley. He is the front man from the band Allegion. They have a new album out on the 23rd of September called Proponent for Sentience. Uh, it is on Metal Blade Records and it will be available worldwide on that date. Um, so, yeah, that's awesome. Um, great news this week. I think I mentioned it on a previous show, but I've been given my another radio show. So along with Crossing the Streams, which is every Tuesday, 11 p.m. UK time on TotalRock.com or on Saturdays at midnight on the mix.fm, that is on the East Coast time midnight, so it's about 5 a.m. in the UK. Anyway, on Total Rock, um, it's called DJ Force X in Conversation. Um, so yeah, it's going to be on Sundays. Um, it's going to go out at 6 p.m. UK time on Total Rock. It's going to repeat on Fridays at 11 a.m on total rock as well uh which actually uh the repeat time of my crossing the stream show is actually midday on uh friday as well so you need to get me back to back on fridays if you're in the uk and listening um but it's going to be up on there i'm going to put it up on demand as well but essentially it is my podcast uh but kind of edited up on the interviews front and uh with music as well uh speaking of music i am going to try and get the correct licensing uh to have music played on the show uh, i'm just trying to figure out how to raise the funds obviously use my sponsors if you can because that brings me in a a little bit of change here and there if you do use them um if not i might see how people feel about you know a bit of crowdsourcing um it's like three hundred dollars for the year uh my current download rate and uh monetary income with it so yeah this is riley from Allegion. enjoy This week's show, I have Riley McShane. He is the vocalist from the band Allegion. Uh, they're about to release their fourth studio album, uh, Proponent of Sentience, which is out on the 23rd of September via Metal Blade Records. Uh, welcome, Riley. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you doing today? 
Doing great, man. Doing great. Cool, cool. So, um, Allegion, uh, they originally formed back in 2008. Uh, but you've only been with the band for about a year now. Is that right? Or just under a that year? That is true. Cool. That is correct. So you replaced the original vocalist from the band. Um, yes. How did that come about? What were you doing prior to this? Um, so I, uh, I've worked with a couple other bands uh, in, the, in the, metal, the metal scene, um, two of which uh, from Unique Leader Records uh, continue on an inanimate existence, and uh, one of which uh, released an album independently, uh, the band Son of Aurelius. Um, mm-hmm. And my work with those bands is kind of what got me uh, the position in Legion. Greg uh, Burgess, the guitar player, uh, is a big fan of the album I did with Son of Aurelius and uh, the vocal work that's on there. So, uh, yeah, about a year ago, he contacted me um, to fill in for vocals on a tour while uh, the previous vocalist, Ezra, uh, took care of a few things in his personal life. Um, And then after that, uh, you know, a few things uh, transpired between between them and and uh, once the uh, agreement for separation uh, came about, uh, I just kind of you know was offered the position through an an audition and uh, and got the job. Nice, cool. So how's yeah. it been for you so far? Uh, it's been awesome, man. It's been uh, so much fun. Um, you know, writing and recording and and, and doing the tours with them. Um, definitely different from anything else that I've done uh, with music before for to to be certain. Cool, cool. So uh, the new album, um, Proponent of Sentience, is that how it's pronounced? Uh, Proponent for Sentience, yeah. For Sentience, sorry. My bad. Yeah. Oh, all all right. good. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I'll write that down. There we go. Proponent for Sentience. <laughs> sorry, my bad. Um, yeah, so um, no, it's due out in uh, about, yeah, in exactly a month's time as of recording this. Um, how did you find writing that album? Um, it was great. It's the, uh, it's the first concept album that Allegiant has done. Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to be a part of that creative process, uh, was really cool because, you know, they're kind of already, they were already a, a relatively established band before I joined, but still being able to work with them in a writing process that none of them had embarked on, yeah. um, was awesome. Yeah. Um, like I said, it was, it's something that's, I've, I've never really done before in, in music, um, uh, with inanimate existence, uh, the album I did with them was also a concept album, but I didn't actually do any of the writing for that. I just, uh, lent them my voice and, and performed vocals in the studio, uh, as well as a few shows, but, um, being able to, to write out a concept, um, you know, and, and, and cognize all the details and, and make everything, you know, glued together mm-hmm. was, was a lot of fun and was, you know, challenging in, in the best kind of way as a writer. Cool. Cool. And what, what is the, uh, the, the story running through the album? Um, so it starts off, uh, with the concept of scientists embarking on, uh, a journey to create artificial intelligence, um, that is capable of experiencing consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, the the proponent for sentience uh there's a sonata of three parts that that uh kind of punctuates the album at the beginning the center and at the end mm-hmm. um and between those punctuations are little details that kind of serve as connective tissue uh between them um 
Yeah. So there's lots of uh, ideas involving philosophy, psychology, a little bit of sociology thrown in there nice. uh, towards the back <laughs> half. Yeah. And it's a uh, yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. No, I was going to say there's a couple of really cool tracks on the album that I really enjoyed. I've been listening to it. Um, a couple of days now. It's been on rotation nice. with me. Uh, Terra Thor and the Quake is a really cool track. I oh, really yeah. like. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah, no worries. And uh, the proponent tracks you're talking about, part two and three, uh, Algorithm mm-hmm. and Extermination, fantastic tracks. Um, and the one that I saw a playthrough video of, or actually a sort of kind of playthrough video, it was very entertaining, uh, The Grey Matter <laughs> Mechanics. Yeah. Um all those tracks fantastic. It's it, and they're all kind of different styles as well because when I when I put it through my system it goes it comes through as death metal essentially. So I was kind of expecting one thing but got something completely like what I wasn't expecting. Um because yeah. there are so many different elements within the sound. Um especially interweaved with the uh, uh gray metal mechanics, the Spanish guitar type stuff at the start and floating out at the end. Um, oh yeah, and that, that's just it was just awesome. Um, and then watching the video you did for that with the guest vocalist as a, <laughs> as, a, as a sock puppet, which was absolutely fantastic. Um, but yeah, no, I mean the album's really strong. I mean it, it kind of took me by surprise because I've been listening to a lot of um, sort of death metal, back metal, been getting sent through from various labels, and obviously getting interviews set up with people like yourselves. Um, but yours really kind of uh, it was all it was all very different. Um, it had like you know death metal one point melodic parts and another sort of classic metal sounds as well. Um, how would you describe your sound? Um, I'd say that if if you were to throw it into one category, it would be you know melodic death metal mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but yeah, like you said, we try to experiment with with different styles while not straying too far off the beaten path that Allegiant has uh, set for themselves with past records but never growing stale with with the style. We always are, you know, trying to do new things um and and expand uh our sound as we grow as musicians. Mm. Um which I feel is is you know very evident on on the new record speaking, you know, from the, from a musical perspective. Um you know, having only been involved as a vocalist on this one record you know, it's kind of a, a a jumping off point for me, but having been a fan of Allegiant uh, before actually being a member of the band, um, you know, listening to the musical growth from album to album is always very evident yeah. uh, in their back catalog. You know, between Fragments of Form and Function and Form Shifter was a, a, a noticeable progression and same thing between Form Shifter and Elements, but I feel that musically the progression between elements of the infinite and proponent for sentience is definitely the, the largest, uh, largest margin, um, as far as, as their, their musical prowess and their, their ability as songwriters. Um, and just even, you know, the chemistry of the band as well. Um, you know, with, with Michael Stancil on guitar, um, you know, he's had a lot more of an opportunity to write songs for, this album than he had on elements and the, the chemistry created between uh, he and Greg uh, are, is fantastic. Um, no, it's so good. seeing that kind of, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say is, it is quite evident. Like you said, between albums and the progression in the songwriting and everything. Cause I went back cause I going to be honest, I hadn't heard of you guys uh, prior yeah. to this um, and listening to this album. I went back and listened to your 
previous stuff obviously in sort of preparation for this interview and everything um obviously a bit of research you know wikipedia all the usual spots <laughs> um, um but yeah no the progression in sound is 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 very evident between the albums and obviously with your um vocal stylings on this one as well it it, it does add and the musicianship through them has been fantastic and then watching the videos that i've seen online watching them play is crazy you know it's just a lot of a lot of uh a lot of musicianship <laughs> yeah they're all very a lot of talent there you go there's the word that's what i was looking for there's a lot of talent <laughs> on show with those videos um and speaking of your videos i mean they're brilliant like you get the playthrough videos and then it, it starts off your sort of standard playthrough and then you just throw these elements in like the track for um uh the gray matter what i said with the sock puppet with your guest vocalist on there yeah um and yeah. then the, the other playthrough video um i can't remember what it was for it might have been the extermination the part three yeah. um yeah. and you're, you're like the guy's feeding him what he's playing and <laughs> going to the bathroom yeah. and, and things like that it was just yeah it's nice to see a band kind of like of that talent of your talent and uh you still have the kind of the sense of humor that you need yeah you know i mean we you take yourself it's, seriously it's important but it, yeah to to be able to you know, let the music speak for itself, um, and, and still be able to be ourselves, mm-hmm. uh, you know, while we're playing the music, um, you know, cause none of us are, are, you know, tough guy metalheads, you know, we're all, we're all just a bunch of goofballs, <laughs> um, you know, when, when we're hanging out together, so we don't ever really need, feel, feel the need to, you know, put on that kind of, put on that kind of that face for, for the camera, so to speak. Um, you know, when we're making videos or, or, or filming playthroughs, we, we still like to try to capture our, our, you know, we, we've let our individual personalities bleed into the, the collective personality of the band, Mm. which is, you know, take, take what you do seriously, not yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it works because I, you know, listening to the music straight up, like it's the first thing I do and you do kind of build a persona in your head of the kind of person they might be or you know musician they might be but then watching those videos changed that for me (laughs) just just sort of seeing that like that that side of you guys that you don't often see with these bands um it was brilliant i just i just want to applaud you on those videos it's fantastic so and anyone anyone listening go check them out they're great and obviously check out the album as well um (laughs) so um (laughs) What um what are your plans uh sort of pre and post the release of this album? Um well you know we're we're just kind of working on releasing singles, videos, playthroughs up until the album comes out. Um you know we have a a, a couple uh a couple concerts lined up before the, before and after the release of the album. Um we have a uh, a tour that's been announced with uh, Max and Igor Cavalera um from uh, Sepultura fame. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, they're going to be playing a, uh, a 20th anniversary run of their album Roots. Yes. Um, so we'll be joining them uh, for a good uh, portion of the dates on that throughout North America and Canada with other bands um, such as uh, Combi Christ, Black Dahlia Murder, Oni, um, and and others. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Cool. Um, and then we have a uh, another tour that has not been announced uh just yet okay uh across across north america um during the uh the november december uh period of time 
Nice, nice. Uh, do you know what? Uh, do you know if you're doing the Saint Petersburg date for the Cavalera tour? We are not, okay. unfortunately. All right, cool. Yeah. So that's my local area. So uh, I, I saw they were playing, and I was like, "Ah, oh, cool." Because <laughs> I saw Comedy <laughs> Christ on the bill, but I wasn't sure if you guys were on that show or not. So yeah, All yeah, right, no, cool. unfortunately. All right, no worries. I'll check you out when you come around this way, then. So. <laughs> Yeah, cool. I think definitely in for that November, November, December tour, we'll be we'll be in that area. Okay, cool. Well, I'll keep an eye out yeah. for it and um, yeah, yeah. We'll try and make that show. So, um, I've got a couple of questions left. Yeah, of course. Um, just sort Fire of away. the couple of ones I I normally ask every pretty every musician or artist whoever mm-hmm. I bring on the show. Um, your three top albums that kind of mold the musician stroke person that you are today. Um. Ooh, that's a tough one. Narrow, <laughs> narrowing it down to to just the three. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, uh, the first one that comes to mind, uh, one of the albums that really got me into metal or extreme uh, music in general, is uh, "In Defiance of Existence" by Old Man's Child. Yeah, um, great album. You know, front to back. Uh, the musicians that that played on that one are, are really incredible. Uh, you know, Nick Barker on drums in particular, um, I think is what really captured my attention with that album. And then, uh, you know, I, I kind of was sold on the the symphonic structure at the time. Mm-hmm. I had been listening to bands uh, like Cradle Filth and, and Demu Borgir, um, you know, and a friend of mine was like, oh, if you like Demu, you should check out their guitarist's other project, Old Man's Child. And I was just kind of, I just fell in love like right off the bat. Nice. Um vocally uh i'd say one of my more formative albums um was uh uh, uh informus uh infinitus and humanitus from origin mm-hmm. um uh, james uh is you know his vocal performance on that album was just absolutely incredible um as well as as paul the guitar player uh dropping in his highs here and there but you know that kind of gave me something to strive for as a vocalist when i first heard it i uh you know at, at the time was listening to um you know albums that are also very vocally influenced um you know uh that that were you know uh like bands like uh spawn of possession mm-hmm. i was listening to a lot of cabinet which you know has that same very gruff uh technical vocal style um but then I heard Informus and was just like, man, this like really hits, hits all the bases. Nice. Um, oh God, for my, for my number one, uh, metal album, it's, it's really a toss up. Uh, I'd say between Cryptopsy's None So Vile and, uh, Cycroptic's, uh, Scepter of the Ancients. Nice. Um, yeah, both of those albums are just so good. Um, you know, all around, but as a vocalist, I'm obviously a little bit biased towards, the vocal performance uh, that really caught me on both those records. Yeah. Um, you know, Lord Worm lyrically is just a, a genius, you know, his, his utilization of, of English and French across the, the lyrical themes of those albums is absolutely incredible. Um, and his vocal range and capability is, you know, so stylized, like no one else sounds like him. Yeah. Um, and then same thing with uh, Chalky, uh, Matthew Chalk from Psychroptic, uh, especially on Scepter of the Ancients and all the 
little vocal tricks and isms that he kind of, you know, pioneered with that record. So cool. So yeah. cool. You know, some people are like, oh, you know, frog vocals and this and that. But I, <laughs> I completely disagree. I think that they are so neat, especially as a vocalist, you know, trying to emulate some of the things that he has done on that album. Yeah. Or, it, it's impossible. It's like it's so his like just his little thing. And I think that being, you know, that kind of innovative is is so rare in metal these days that, you know, when it happens, it is really amazing. Yeah. I mean, I guess that album, that album came out damn near 15 years ago at this point, but <laughs> you know, it still, still resonates as, as one of my favorites. Nice. Nice. I mean, it's nice to hear like on, on from a vocal point of view, because like you said, you yeah. get a lot of people like you say, frog vocals sound like, you know, Kermit strang- strangling, uh, Fozzy bear or whatever. And, um, <laughs> it, it's, it's it, like, I, I hear that a lot cause I, I've been in previous bands and stuff and we had like screamy vocals in there and people, you get that sort of criticism of it. Um, yeah. but people, when people listen to, if they could analyze it, they would hear like, like yourself, you heard elements that were kind of there that a lot of people will brush over. Like, um, I'm, I'm quite a fan of the kind of like high pitch scream kind of Judas priest. Oh, yeah. style like that that kind of like high kind of almost axel rose as well on the sort of melodic front um and there was a couple of bands from england uh one uh band called medulla nocte and um okay the the vocalist in that his name is paul catton and i've been a big fan of his for a long time he's got a very high-pitched voice and like off from the offset it's just a very high-pitched voice a lot of people saying ah you know it's ear piercing kind of stuff like that uh, but I had him in um, to record with my band uh, many, many years ago on like our demo EP type thing. He kindly said he would come and guest on it. Um, yeah. And watching him go through the vocal warm up, listening to his vocals like on its own, totally opened my eyes to analyzing that kind of like, because before screaming was kind of just scream, scream down the microphone. There's no, you know, no talent to it. Just don't blow your voice. <laughs> yeah exactly. um, but actually hearing it like on its own isolated and hearing the kind of um what i thought was the soul of it and it had it had its own rhythm it had its own style it had its own like you know it wasn't just a high-pitched voice there was something there that kind of made it tuneful and that's why it worked yeah. with the music uh yeah i i completely agree you know it's it's very uh it's 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 definitely its own style and it's not very digestible at first but you know not to sound arrogant or or big-headed or anything like that but i think <laughs> that 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 metal vocals especially like a lot of the screaming styles are really you know up there with with styles of singing like opera yeah. um as far as being able to to do it and do it well yeah um you know it it takes so much practice i started off in more of like a classical uh, kind of realm of singing um, with things like opera and choir and things like that. Um, and then kind of moved more into like jazz standards and then finally settled into the the pocket of like extreme music and screaming and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the same techniques that, that you use as a vocalist in, you know, styles like opera and, and choir are utilized by, you know, uh, death metal and, and all those kinds of screaming because, you were right. It is very important not to blow your voice, and it's really easy to do so if you're not utilizing proper singing techniques. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely, you know, finding that appreciation for it is is rare, but you know, it's it's really 
eye opening, like you said, when when it's it's when that appreciation is found. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's exactly what it was for me. It was just it totally changed my perspective on on that style of music. So cool. So um, another question: What are your hobbies away from the music? What do you do when um, you're not in the bands you're in? I love. Uh, I'm a big video game guy. Big, you know, I'm, I'm basically just a giant nerd. Nice. Um, <laughs> That's all good. I, uh, we all love video games. So <laughs> yes, yes, I've been, you know, playing. I'm, I'm a big uh, RPG kind of guy. Um, nice. Uh, you know, role playing games. Yeah. I've been looking very much forward to uh, the new Final Fantasy game coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been playing the latest Star Ocean game to kind of satiate the need um <laughs> as well as uh as well as overwatch here and there to kind of stay up to date with uh you know what's relevant in the gaming community yeah um i uh i love uh i'm a big anime fan i have you know a, a pokemon and a dragon ball uh tattooed on me nice. so <laughs> <laughs> those are those are big uh big things that i'm into i've been watching uh the new dragon ball series dragon ball super recently nice um yeah you know tvs and movie are also or you know for just film in general also really big you know things that i enjoy spending my time on uh you know analyzing and cool. and and watching um any recommendations you know, on that front yeah totally uh i've been watching uh, hbo's new series the night of uh that's about seven episodes into the first season i think it might be a a, a limited series so i don't know if they're going to do another season after this one but it's really good uh john john torturo the guy who plays uh the jesus in the big lebowski yes yes. um he is a uh he's a main character in that show and it's it's really cool seeing his uh his like you know he's really solid actor he's got great chops um he's a very good actor yeah yeah uh, seeing him, you know, kind of spread his wings uh, in this series is is really cool. cool. Um, kind of plays like a like a like a New York attorney with a heart of gold, like public defender with a with a moral compass kind of thing. It's pretty cool. Nice. Um, I actually learned something super interesting. Uh, so James Gandolfini from The Sopranos is listed as a uh, uh, executive producer for that show but he's been dead for three years yeah so when i so so when i looked into it uh i guess this whole show was like a passion project of his that he kind of it's based off of an english series uh called criminal justice okay Um, yeah i know that yeah and it's uh so it's like kind of an american interpretation of that 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 james gandolfini wanted to do and originally he was supposed to play the role that john uh, Torturo plays mm. so it's it's pretty cool like watching it with that in mind being like how would James Gandolfini play this part yeah. and uh yeah it's it's pretty cool it's oh, pretty cool. cool that's that's kind of nice because I'm seeing a lot of these um obviously being from England myself a lot of these um uh shows being reinterpreted here whereas before they kind of did it with a couple of our comedies and did yeah quite a poor job of it to be honest yeah, not, that's not, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, and then, then they, <laughs> they they started improving. Like the Office, they kind of copied for a couple of seasons, and then they co- came into their own. Um, yeah. But listening to that, the night of, I didn't realize it was linked with criminal justice in that way. It's kind of like House of Cards. Um, right, was kind of linked with the House of Cards, um, the book and the TV mm-hmm. show in the UK. Uh, obviously, they reinterpreted it for US um, presidency and things like that. So, 
Right. But no, I'll check that one out because I've seen the, the, the adverts for it, but I just haven't sat down and really like watched anything recently that kind of, you know. Take take a day, man. Binge, binge on it. You've yeah. got, there's seven episodes out so far and they're they're still airing every Sunday. And they're, they're awesome. Cool. I'll check it. I've got the on-demand service, so I'll check that out. So awesome. um, any other movies or anything? Um, nothing, nothing really. I still have not gone out and seen uh, Suicide Squad, and as a, uh, a, a a purveyor of all things nerdy, I, uh, I'm just, I'm a little, I'm, I'm scared of the disappointment. I don't want it to be <laughs> as awful as everyone says it is, so I'm still kind of, like, building up the, the, the mental and emotional fortitude to go, <laughs> to go see that movie. Did, um, did you see any of the, the previous uh, movies that they've put out, like the Batman Superman movie and things like that? I, I did. And, uh, the way I feel about Zack Snyder as, as a director in general is that he generally focuses in on, on one character and that character is absolutely phenomenal. And the rest of the movie is just kind of lackluster. Um, in the first Superman movie in man of steel, that character was general Zod played by Michael Shannon. Yeah. He was absolutely incredible. He was like, you know, the, the, the pulse of the movie. Yeah. Um, and then the rest of it was just kind of like, Oh, look at, Behold the marvel that is Henry Cavill's eyebrows. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that kind of carried on into the into the dawn of justice. But Ben Affleck, I felt like his performance was stellar. It was so good. Yeah, you know I, the, the the Martha thing was kind of yeah. silly. Yeah, the, uh, the, sa- the safety word moment. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, no, I mean, I enjoyed, I enjoyed Batman versus Superman. Um, yeah. I saw it in the cinema. I enjoyed. I went to go see Suicide Squad, and I enjoyed that as well. Um, again, there are there are focuses on certain characters um, yeah. because there's money in those characters. So exactly. you know, um, but no, I thought it was good. I mean, I, I'm not sure if it's it's not. Um, they're going in a very different direction than Marvel have. Oh yeah, you know which their, their, which I like. Yeah, with their team movies, um, mm-hmm. it, it's still dark. It's got some very kind of dark moments in it as well, as well as like you know, there's, there's some comic relief here and there. Um, but it, I, you know, I, I I went into that movie expecting expecting nothing. Well, not nothing, but not expecting the world. I was yeah. I was hyped to see some of these characters come to life. Uh, like characters that hadn't been done before, uh, kind of like deep cut characters from the comic books and stuff. But, and I enjoyed it. Um, I kind of, I try and ignore critics to a point. Yeah. Just purely because I, I used to work in a video <laughs> store. And so I used to watch movies all the time. Good, bad, you know. And I found some great movies that got absolutely panned um, that I probably would never seen if I'd read, you know, if I'd listened to what Empire or Empire Magazine or whatever had been sort of right. telling me at the time. So from that point, I kind of like I go, I now go to the cinema with how people used to go to the cinema, in as much as the marvel of seeing something on a huge screen and the experience of it. Yeah, um, which is important for a lot of movies. You know, yeah. it's it's definitely will. You know, that experience in and of itself can make a bad movie great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, no, so but it's, yeah, it's definitely important. Yeah, because a movie like translate, like they don't always translate from the cinema to the small screen. No, um, not so much. And I found that with, um, I went to go see Birdman when it came out a few years ago. Right. Absolutely. In the cinema, 
I was I was the only one in there. <laughs> that was great and funny <laughs> itself. But like watching that film on a cinema screen with the surround sound and everything was fantastic. I sat down to watch it with my wife and it didn't feel the same. I didn't have the right. same like experience watching it. Like and my wife said this is really boring. And <laughs> yeah. And I was like, this is a great film. I came I, I came out that. I came out the cinema saying that would win an Oscar. Like It did, didn't it? It did. Yeah, it did. It won a couple. Yeah. And yeah. I came out and I said, Michael Keaton was great. Um, Ed Norton was great. And it was just like, like, I was totally hyped on this film. It got to the like screen, the small screen here. And it just didn't have the same impact. And I was like, oh, yeah. damn it. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> that loss in translation is definitely prevalent in, in yeah. too many good movies, unfortunately. No, and these, and these superhero movies kind of need to be seen on these big screens. Oh, yeah. Being oh, immersed yeah. All the, in, you know, the... The bangs and whistles are definitely a lot more, you know, yeah. in your face. You know, I've, that that great like a uh, like sub drop, the like ooh yes. that you get <laughs> that yes. you get in so many like pre-explosion moments is just so much more impacting yeah. uh, on the big screen. And just being consumed with a huge action sequence, your whole eye is kind of just being. Yeah. Don't, you don't know. You can only look really look straight ahead, but there's so much stuff going on. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, I reckon I'd go see Suicide Squad. I don't think you'll be too disappointed with it. Okay. Um, you'll find I, sh- I should catch it while it's still in theaters for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that needs to be part of the experience. So yeah. Cool. So um, finally, uh, one last question: Where can people yeah. reach you guys? Where's a good place to uh, to follow you or find you know, out? Anywhere, anywhere on the internet. Your your standard social media outlets: Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram. We definitely have the the biggest following on Facebook, so you know that's always a good good place to start. Cool. Well, thank you, Riley. Um, it's been a pleasure chatting to you today. Um, Absolutely. Thank you for having me. No worries. Good luck with the album, uh, which is out on the 23rd of September via Metal Blade. Um, it'll be available by all, all good stockists online and offline, I assume. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, cool. All right, well, good luck with it. And um, yeah, um, thank you again. Thank you. Cool. Thank you for listening to that, guys. Um, I really appreciate it. So if you've made it this far, I'm just going to give another plug for my new radio show. It is called DJ Force X In Conversation, and it's going to be on TotalRock.com every Sunday. The first show is going to be on Sunday, the 11th of September, and that's going to be with uh, Lee Wilde from Servers and... Uh, JP from Keychain, and it's also going to be accompanied by a bunch of tracks from their releases. So yeah, um, and coming up after that, I'm going to have a whole bunch of other interviews, uh, start doing things like competitions and all that kind of good stuff. But please tune in on Sunday, the uh, 11th of September. If you cannot make that, it repeats on Fridays. So the Friday following that is going to be at 11 a.m. on the 16th. Um, and it's also followed by Crossing the Streams as well, which is my other show. So I hope you enjoy it. Please send me feedback. The good old five-star feedback on iTunes, on Stitcher, on all that kind of stuff. And even on Total Rock, send an email in. Say you enjoyed the show. Um, do all that kind of good stuff just to help me uh, get more interviews, get more um, coverage for it. Because I really want to help these bands that I interview. I'm not just doing it for the sake of it. Because, you know, I do it for the passion of music. I love music. I want to help bands out. Uh, this was a resource for me when I was in a band, as you've heard many times in my podcast, I always seem to drop it. I try and not do it, but I'm quite proud of what I did in that band. So, you know, kind of screw that. But 
yeah, please just try and help me out, help them out. Um, we can get bigger, we can get better, we can get stronger. I can dedicate more time to it if it can actually allow me to. Because right now it's my days off. Um, you know, I do the usual stuff on my day off, but I want this to become something that I can, um, you know, have it work on its own because it's starting to need a bit of funding here and there just to get stuff going. Like I mentioned at the start of the podcast with the music side of things, I really want to play other people's music on this show um i've got my own music those interludes and everything i made myself so they're there they're kind of copyright free on that fact so i'm not gaining anything i'm not trying to license anyone's music illegally um but i want to get that license in in order to help me uh promote these bands because it's all great and fine and talking about it uh which is a great way of kind of getting to know the musician but actually hearing the music because if you dig the music it doesn't matter what they say in the interview it's the music that that really dr- brings you in um and i really want to showcase some of that obviously i can do that on the radio because the licensing is there for that the artists get paid when i play their music um and that's the main thing that's what i want because in the day of streaming the artist needs as much income as possible in order to create this this art form and obviously not a lot of them are in it for the money but if they can maintain it and if it can maintain itself, then that's the key. That's the that's the goal for them. You know, um, it's not all about bitches and guns. Sometimes, you know, the money does come into it. It's a dirty word in some of the industry. But, you know, you need to grease the wheels, if you will. And if you want to make a career out of it, that's what you've kind of got to get out of it. So this that will kind of help them help me on that front. So anyone's got any suggestions, let me know. Um, I'm at info at dj force x or i'm at dj force x on twitter and facebook i reply to all the messages sent to me so please do um, anyway this is me signing off right now so until next time this is dj force x out <laughs>